You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Everybody say these three. So that's what we're talking about, these three. There's faith, hope, and love. And what are these three? Well, we're calling them living faith. We call it hope uh, lives and love-olution. And we even got the t-shirts and you can buy them. And you know, you can all buy the other ones now because mine is winning, hallelujah. So you can go ahead and buy the other ones and mine's winning like three to one, hallelujah. So I appreciate your love. But Wesley reminded me that we designed it together. That without him, there would be no t-shirt. And there's a lot of truth in that. And so um, anyway, so I just like to have a little fun with it. If you don't know me, I like to have a little fun with that kind of stuff. So um, we're talking about these three, uh, faith, hope, and love, or uh, living faith, um, 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 uh, uh, um, hope lives and love evolution. All right. So let's, let's talk about where we were last time. So last time we talked about, uh, we're talking about living faith. And so Habakkuk two, four says, and the just shall live by his faith. And then we see three other places in the epistles that says the just shall live by faith. And so if we're going to live by faith, then we might have to change our mindset a little bit because in doing this now for 20, um, I don't know how long I've been doing this. I've been doing this a long time, uh, going on 28 years. Um, I noticed that people tend to only use their faith when they have a problem. Faith only comes to play, especially in our circles, our kind of church. You know, we just tool through life and then, uh uh-oh, we got a problem. So now we got to get serious about our faith. I'm telling you, you've arrived at the last days and that is no longer an acceptable way to live. It never was, because I remember when I started the church, the Lord spoke to me and he said, don't teach them to have faith projects, teach them to live by faith. So everybody say, I'm living by faith. You have a living faith and you're living by faith every day. So we don't just live by faith on Sunday. We live by faith on Monday and we live by faith on Tuesday. Amen. And so we said this, I ask you, and I know this is true of everybody in the room and those that are watching, you want to please God, right? But you don't want to just please him on Sunday or you don't want to just please him when you got a problem. So in order to please him, 11, uh, Hebrews eleven six says this, without faith, it is Do you think he means what he says? So you can't please him without faith. And it goes beyond salvation faith because you can't get to God unless you believe that Jesus is the son of God that took your sin, that he was raised from the dead, that he's alive. You can't get to him without faith in him. And of course, you can't please him any other way than that. But if every day you want to please him, then you and I have to live by faith. Say it one more time. Say, I'm living by faith. And so also this, because every day it happens this way, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, we looked at again. It says that we don't walk by what we see, we walk by faith. So we walk by faith, not by, we walk by, so faith, see, I don't like the term blind faith. Because really, and I know what they're saying, I I don't see anything in the natural, I'm just stepping out in blind faith. But really, faith is never blind. Faith sees something. It just goes beyond what you see in this realm. I, I see something in the word. In other words, you know, I'm kind of, I, I, get, I get this way with my family sometimes and even myself and those that are close to me. Um, but they'll say, uh, you know, I, what's going on? Well, I'm just believing God. I, I, I'm, and and I've, I've been known to say, prove it. And I've been known to make a few people mad. 
prove it. So the first thing they'll do is they'll look at their body or they'll look at the problem. I'm like, no, that's not how you prove it. What does Hebrews 11 one say? Now faith is the of things. It is the. So what I'm asking for is evidence. So what I'm asking for, prove it. What is evidence? Come on, you have, come on. Even, even if you've never been in a court, I, I hope some of you have, unless we were a witness. So you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, you know, but what do they ask for in the courtroom? They want evidence. And it's not hearsay. Because I've watched it. You know, I object, Your Honor. That's hearsay. Right? Because you have to have heard it for yourself. You have to have seen it for yourself in order for it to be real evidence. And so it is with the word of God. This has to be evidence to you. You have to believe this. This is the, faith is the substance of things hoped for, Hebrews 11.1. 1. It is the evidence. So what am I asking for? I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm trying to get them to give me a scripture. Not just I believe I'm. What are you believing? What gives you the basis for your belief? I know I'm challenging some of you right now. Because see, well, I just thought it was enough to say I'm healed in Jesus' name. No. Just because you add Jesus' name on it doesn't mean you're in faith. Right. I, well, I just believe I'm blessed. Well, I believe you are too. But if you give some evidence with that, you got to have some evidence. Y'all good? Come on. This is my second service. This is my rowdy bunch. Come on. I need, I need to hear you. Right? So all I'm telling you is say what the evidence is. This is my proof. I don't need any more than this. Well, no, it's got to show up. If you believe this, if you have real evidence, if you expect this, then it is going to show up. But see, you got to do that every day. Not just when you have a problem. Every day we're living by faith. Well, glory to God. Y'all good? All right. Number, and then we talked about how that we walk by faith every day. So I'm not going to wait till I have a problem, but faith comes by, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and Hearing by the Rhema Christos. And I've been teaching on that on Wednesday night and I don't do self plugs very often, but it has been good. On Wednesday night, I get so excited. And so we've been tearing that apart a little bit, talking about it in a very deep way. Uh, and, and yet you need to understand that if every day then on Monday, if I'm gonna walk by faith, then I ought to hear something. And then the truth of the matter is the Lord challenging me. He challenged me on Wednesday night, challenged them. But I think you can all handle it too. You know, the Lord would like at least equal time to everything else you're looking at, everything else you're watching, and everything else you're hearing. And so if you look at Romans chapter 10, faith comes by uh, uh, an anointed message because how can they hear without a preacher? And so the truth of the matter is you need to be hearing anointed things uh, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, and on Saturday. And if listen, I know if Sunday morning is all you get, then I don't want you to hurt yourself, but at least start a little bit and take, a, take some other messages off of the, um, you know, our web uh, site, off of some other people's website and start listening. Do it while you're doing something else. I don't know. Uh, for me, um, when I go to the gym and I get on the elliptical, brother Keith Moore and I, we're working out together. Hallelujah. He's talking in my ear and every once in a while I might get a little carried away and I hear, I know every once in a while an amen will pop out and you know, whatever. Hallelujah. And sometimes, um, you know, I'm listening to, you know, Rick Renner and, and, you know, I have to slow down because it's like, oh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? So how many of you know you can wash dishes and hear some word? You can cut the lawn and hear some word. You can clean the car and hear some word. Amen? 
Come on, because I, I don't want, I don't want to overexert you, but everybody, I want, this is what I want you to say. Say, Lord, I'm going to work <laughs> at giving you equal time. Amen. I mean, I, I'm not trying to, you know, but, but you, you, the more work that faith can only come by hearing. And if you want to walk in faith on Monday, then you need to hear something on Monday. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't have time. Oh, you got more time than you ever knew about. Praise the Lord. All right. Faith comes out here. And what else is, what else you got to do? Well, faith is released by saying. Remember what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Whatsoever things, no, that's four. Uh, 23, it says, uh, whoever shall say into this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but he believes, he believes those things which he says they shall come to pass and he will have what the Bible says. Have what the Bible says. No, it's going to come out of your mouth. You'll have what you say that the Bible said. You can add what the Bible says on there, but it's not just you'll have what the Bible says. You got to say it and you got to say what the Bible says. And so we talked about Wednesday night about uh, coming out of your mouth could be seed going into your heart. But then there's also a declaration of faith, just like Romans 10, 9 and 10. It talks about that's how you got saved is you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you believe that he was raised from the dead and uh, you believed unto righteousness and you are saved. Amen. And then, you know, uh, Romans four seventeen. remember we, we see what, how important words are because just like God calls those things that be not as though they are, that is what Abraham did to receive Isaac. And so you and I got to go around talking we got to go around saying what the word says. And we got to call those things that be not as though they are. It didn't say to call those things that are as they are not. It didn't say to, well, I'm not sick in Jesus' name. I'm not poor in Jesus' name. That sounds right. I'd rather you say that than I'm broke and I'm sick and I'm dying. But that's really not what he said. He said, you would say this way, because Jesus took stripes on his back, I am healed. Be, uh, Jesus left his peace for me. And therefore, as I stay my mind on him, I'm kept in perfect peace. Amen. I keep my body under. You even have to talk about your own body. I keep my body under. For me, I use this one all the time. I keep my body under just like Paul, lest when I preach to others, I too become a castaway. So, so what are you doing? I'm releasing faith. I'm sowing seed. I'm re releasing a declaration. If you're going to walk, do that, so you got to do that on Monday. You got to do that on Tuesday. Not just when you have a problem, not just on Sunday. And then I'm going to act like it's so. And then number four, I'm going to live thanking God. First Peter 1, 8, 9 says, I rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of my faith. I, I'm just like that leper who, who they, he got healed of leprosy and he whirled around. The other nine went on their way, but he whirled around and he came back praising the Lord, thanking God. And what did the Bible say? Jesus said, we're the other nine. He said, because you came back, he said, your faith has made you whole. In other words, because you're worshiping, because you're thanking me, your faith made you whole. In other words, when, uh, you know, if, some, if his nose fell off, because that's what happened, and his, his hands fell off, his toes fell off, I believe they came back. The others, the leprosy stopped, but this man, the leprosy not only stopped, he got his nose, come on, the best nose job you'd ever get is one that Jesus gave you. Amen. Glory to God. All right. And so that's what we've been talking about, living by faith. That's what it looks like. So I, I kind of breezed over the third one, uh, corresponding actions. And that's really the one I want to talk about today. Now, I use this all the time. I talk about healing. I talk about finances because those are kind of the major ones. But when I think about living by faith on Monday and Tuesday, there is so much more that 
incorporates in our life. In other words, living by faith would be also uh, when the Holy Ghost prompts me or when I see someone, I would share Jesus. I would share Jesus in a way to get someone born again. Or I, I could, by, use, by showing forth my faith on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where am I at? Um, I might I, I offer to pray for somebody. I might see someone in distress or I might be led and I ask them to pray. You know what I found? Most people, especially uh, even people who move in, they'll get our culture and, and, and most people won't tell you, you can't pray for me. Most people will allow you. And as you're praying, you pray the word over them. You pray sincere. Now talk to God, not to them. Because prayer is not meant to talk to someone. It's meant to talk to God. Uh, you know, so, so you can do that. Uh, how else do I activate my faith? Well, so um, how many of you know uh, you got to walk in love? Do y'all, anybody work? Yeah. Uh, all those people there at your workplace, they're always nice all the time. I hope so for you, but I know that's not true. Um, uh, anybody driving traffic around here? Yes. Hallelujah. How many of you know you got you to walk in love all the time? And really, the Bible says your faith works by love. So what do you think one of the biggest attacks of the devil is going to be is to get you out of love? That's what the Bible says. Faith works by love. The Bible says there is what we're talking about. And the greatest of these is love. Why is it the greatest? Because it even makes your faith work. And so does the devil know that the greatest commandment that the Lord left you was to love the Lord God with all your heart and soul and Second part, love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Everybody's your neighbor. And you ought to at least do that within your house and then those around you, but everywhere you go. So uh, the Bible says all the law and the prophets hang on it. Now listen, all the law and the prophets hang on it. It's like, have you ever, back in the old days when we had, um, and some of you still may have it, we have one, uh, where it's a shower, but you have a, 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 a curtain in there. Have you ever tried to put that up? You put all the rings on there first and you get it. And then up, what happens? If you don't get it up there at the same time, they all, the whole thing falls off. And then you got to start all over. The law and the prophets hang on you walking in love. So that means if the devil can get you out of love with people, if he can get you to listen to everything that's going on around you, if he can get you to side in and get into factions and schisms, if he can get you to side in with stuff that's probably not altogether factual anyway. Come on, didn't your mama tell you there's three sides to every story? His side, her side, and then the right side. I've done a lot of marriage counseling. And I can tell you there is his side, her side, and the right side is somewhere in the middle. Because every man's ways, the Bible says, is right in their own mind. And it's interesting today that they're messing with facts and calling them truth. There's only one truth, and that's the Word of God. And you ought to even run some facts through the truth and see what the Holy Ghost says about it. Amen. Amen. I'm just telling you that the devil is working overtime to get you out of love. The devil's work. Why? Because he knows your faith works by it. He knows that it is the drawing card. You know, my spiritual father used to say this. He used to say, everybody doesn't understand tongues, but everybody understands love. And so the greatest of these is love. It's how your faith works. And if the devil can get you out of love, so you're going to have to use your faith every day to stay in love. Come on, you're going to have to use your faith every day to stay in love. Because I, maybe you're not like me. I mean, sometimes I'd just rather smack somebody on top of the head than walk in love. Sometimes I'd rather just get them in a headlock and kind of, you know, but you can't do that, right? 
You're going to have to walk in love. You're going to have to walk in love in your family. You're going to have to walk in love at work. You're going to have to, these days, you're going to have to walk in love at, at a meeting, at, at, at a school. You're going to have to walk in love because everybody is, they're fried a little bit and, and, and they're, just, they're just lashing out. But see, you got the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And so I'm talking about the just shall live by faith. And if you're going to live by faith, you're going to have to live in the law of love. Amen. Glory to God. And you might have to talk the word. You're going to have to, not maybe, you're going to have to talk the word to yourself. I'm not responding in my flesh. I'm only going to respond. If you walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lusts of your flesh. Down flesh. Down. Come on. There's a lot of, you know, the works of the flesh. One of them is anger. It comes from the word thumos. Thumos. You look at the works of the flesh there in Galatians, right around where it talks about walking in the spirit and the fruit of the spirit. I told Pastor Rhonda one time, they ought to make a list of sins so we can know it. And you know what? The Bible has lists. Hallelujah. And one of them is the works of your flesh, and it's thumos. And it's a volcano waiting to erupt at any moment. Come on, have you ever gone out? I'm way off. I'll get, you guys got extra time today, right? All right. So, so I have, have, don't raise your hand because they might be in the room or watching and they'll pan a camera on you or something. Don't, don't raise your hand. But don't you just dislike going out to people, going with people out to dinner, and you know they're going to complain about something? You know they're going to send it back. You know they're gonna be fussing because the silverware wasn't laid out just right. They don't have enough napkins. It wasn't done. I mean, just, I'm not talking about once in a while. I'm not talking about raw beef. I'm talking about every time you go out with them, they're mad. And you're just waiting for the volcano. Or you don't like to go shopping with them because you know they're going to mistreat the cashier because they're above them. That's a work of the flesh. And you and I have no part in that. The law of kindness, just like the Proverbs 31, is written on your tongue. Amen. Come on. But see, we're going to do this every day. Because when the big stuff comes, we need to be ready. And you're living in the last days and you're prepared for it. And you've got the word for it. But you've got to understand, there may be just circumstances all the time out there. I know you don't want to hear that. But it could be. And so you're going to have to learn to live by faith. And we're just going to make sure we're living by faith every day. Every day. So I'm going to live in love every day. I'm going to walk by, by the word of God, not what I see every day. Amen. I'm going to walk by the word. Are, are you all with me? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's get going here. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17, New Living Translation. So uh, faith, we're going to talk about uh, uh, corresponding actions with our faith. So uh, James chapter 2, 14 through 17, New Living Translation. What, is, what, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? So corresponding actions is necessary to faith. Suppose you see a brother. Now listen, that word suppose. So this is an illustration. This is an example. A lot of times people pull this out of the Bible and they say, well, if you have faith means you do this. But see, this is an example, all right? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, have a good day, stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give them anything. You don't give them anything. 
You don't give them any food. You don't give them any clothing. What good does that do? So it's not saying this is what faith is. How many of you know God wants us to give to the poor? The Bible says you give to the poor, you lend to God, right? How many of you know we're supposed to take care of them? We're supposed to help them, right? We're supposed to, but that's not what this is. This is just an example so you understand what dead faith looks like. It would be ludicrous. I tell you this story all the time, grow up in Illinois. I often think when I think of this, I think of that example because I, I think of our house was off the first one off the road. And sometimes when people got in trouble, they would come to our house first. So if somebody from Florida came up to Illinois in the middle of Illinois, oh, I said Illinois. Uh, I'm from Alabama now, um, Illinois. And so, um, so they drove up from Florida and they started out in shorts and a t-shirt. But when they got to my house in Illinois in the middle of February, it's cold. And so their car broke down on Route 1 and they walked to my house and they got their shorts on and their t-shirt and they knocked on our front door. And they're like, my car broke down and, and, and I'm cold. And I looked at them and said, be warm, be clothed. And I shut the door. How many of you know that's not only rude, but it's unacceptable. But so it is with your faith. If all you do, because it's not talking about releasing your faith, if you give mental assent to the word of God, if you just chatter about it and act like you got faith, but there's no action with it, your faith does you no good. So this is the example. So if we see someone without clothes, without food, we should give them something. But just in the same way, if your faith is the real God kind of faith, it not only has words with it, it has corresponding actions. In other words, if I'm born again, people ought to be able to tell it because of the way I act. Not to because I bought the t-shirt, but they ought to be able to tell by how I act. I walk in love. My words are kind. I'm forgiving. I'm loving. Amen. I'm helpful. I show forth God. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So I'm a good guy. Come on, if you knew me, you'd think I was a good guy. Yes, you would. Not just the one that tells you what to straighten up on Sunday mornings. Amen. All right, I understand it. So let's look, let's look on. Verse 17. You see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds or good actions, it is dead being useless. So your faith has to always have corresponding actions. It's not enough to think it. It's not enough to say it. You've got to have some actions. Let's look at this in the Amplified, James chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. The Amplified. It says, but someone might say, you claim to have faith and I have good works. Show me your alleged faith without the works. If you can, you can't. And I will show you my faith by works. or That is by what I do. So if I say I have faith, I should always have corresponding actions with it. If the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost, I should act like a person of love. I know I'm camping on that one, but you see, I think for the most part today in our society, that's where the devil has put his thumb on your bruise and is saying, I'm going to get you out of love. 
I'm going to get you to join in to the fighting. I'm going to get you to join in to the schism. I'm going to get you to join in to the faction. When you ought to be, because you're a person who's saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, set apart, you're a kingdom-minded person, you ought to be sharing love. You ought to be helping those. You ought to understand even those you uh, that are not born again, that you might not like the way they think or the way they do. They are your harvest. They are the ones God called us to go reach. They're the ones that God called, just like you and I were once in our sin and we were in the pig pen. We were in a dunghill. We were raised up by the power of the, and the mercy of, and the mercy and the mercy. It is by the mercy of God that I am not still in that mess. I was one of them. Headed big, one of them. But God in his mercy and his goodness grabbed a hold of me. He never quit tracking me down. And he never quit tracking you down and he never will. But he wants us to show his love to them because it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And we gotta have that every day. You claim to have faith in good works. Show me your alleged faith without works and I can show you my faith by what I do. Verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well. Uh, to believe that. Even the demons, demons believe that though. And they shudder and bristle and all filled terror. They have seen, I like the Amplified Classic. It talks about even the hair standing on their arms. All right, verse 20. But you are willing to recognize you foolish, spiritually shallow person that, oh, that's not nice. You foolish, spiritually shallow person that faith without good works is useless. Faith without corresponding actions is what? It's useless. Verse 21. So then we get to talk about Abraham. Was, was our father Abraham not shown to be justified by works of obedience, which expressed his faith when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar as a sacrifice to God? Now let's go back. Who is Isaac? Isaac is the chosen one. Isaac came to Abraham and Sarah through much uh, even delay because we've got an Ishmael in there. Then God had to rearrange and focus them. And then she, Sarah received strength and she conceived Isaac. And now God is asking, y'all, this is a big ask. I don't think we put ourselves in his position. This is not just any ask. This is the biggest ask that ever could be asked. And, and yet Abraham is not even, there's, there's nothing in him that looks like he even held back because even his son who is old enough to understand what's going on as he's carrying his own firewood and maybe got the knife and the fire in his hand, he's like, um, where's the sacrifice? Uh, and what, is, what does Abraham say? God himself. Because see, if Abraham wasn't willing, then God could not send Jesus. It was, this is a big deal for Abraham. Everything is relying on the fact that he will give his son so that God the Father could give his only begotten son. This is why it's so important. And so Abraham, they go, and what did he say? God himself. He wasn't just talking about a natural lamb. He was talking about the lamb. And he said, because you didn't withhold, then I'm not going to withhold. Thank God for Abraham. Thank God for Isaac. Thank God for Sarah, the father and mother of faith. But thank God for Isaac who didn't bolt, who didn't run away. He's like a teenager. <laughs> you know, he might've got his Nikes on and he's gone. Daddy can't find him. He's down the mountain. But he trusted dad and he obviously trusted God. He did. He had to. He's not, he's not too if you study it out, he's, he's probably preteen or teen. Listen, 
I'm grateful. So, but so he was willing to do action. He was, Abraham wasn't all talk. He'd been down this road before. He was close to God. He understood his covenant because he even believed, yeah, if, I, if something happens, God's going to raise him back from the dead. He didn't have it all figured out. He just had confidence. And so what is he doing? He, he, he's justified by his corresponding actions so that God could do that. All right, let's look at verse 22. You see that his faith was working together with his works. And as a result of the works, his faith was completed, reaching its maturity when he expressed his faith through obedience. And we're going to skip some things, but I want you to see this. So every day, you want to arrive to a full mature place? Do you want to arrive to the place when something big comes, you're ready? So, Pastor, we've been living through something big. I know. It's been big. Lots of stuff. And we're going to get to minute, something in a minute where I believe we can all shout and celebrate a little bit. But in your lives individually, don't wait for the storms. Don't wait for the major stuff to start exercising your faith. I've been pastoring a long time, teaching people faith in this for a long time. We all have a tendency when everything is good not to think about it. And then when something bad comes, we try to exercise our faith. And I've told you it's like this, you know, um, you have muscles. Every one of us have muscles. Some people develop theirs and they show them off. Uh, yeah, whatever. And so um, I got the same number. Hallelujah. Anyway, but, but I can't go, you know, I, if I've never picked up, I don't even know what's the right way. 300 pounds, if that's, if I've never done it, I can't walk into the gym and do it. What if I needed to pick up 300 pounds? What I need to get something off of somebody? Well, physically, if I'd never done it before, I can't do it. But spiritually, it's the same way. Every day, I'm going to exercise my faith. If something tries to come on me, if a cold, I'm going to resist it. I'm going to throw this in. Y'all love me. I know you do. So when I ask that, you know that something's coming. Listen to me. We are not opposed to medicine. Not. Um, but you just not taking medicine doesn't mean you're healed. You just not going to a doctor doesn't mean you're in faith. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't. So just not doing those things doesn't make you in faith. Should you be free of medicine? Yeah. But you're not going to be able to live there unless you do that every, all the time. I, I don't know. I'm throwing this in. You know, so if you're on medicine, take a gospel with your pill. By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. I am free of blood pressure. I am free of sugar diabetes. I am free of whatever. I am healed in Jesus' name. You know, I have to say this, Pastor Rhonda has done a much better job at this. You know how at the beginning of all this, they're telling you wash your hands like 30,000 times and dump um, sanitizer all or whatever that's called all over you. And, you know, we have all the bottles everywhere and everything. And so I said to do this, I said, um, you know, every time you wash your hands, because they, they want you to sing happy birthday. But I said, instead of singing happy birthday, say the word. And so, you know, I started, I'll be honest, I started out really good. And by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. But 19 months later, I sometimes, Pastor Rhonda, she just, uh, like, we're in a hurry. But she has this whole thing and she ain't moving. 
Dinners could be burning. We got to go. But if she's washing her hands, she's going to say the whole thing. And if you push her, she might say it twice. But it's worked on her in her life. And it'll work for you too. But don't do it just because she does it or I used to do it and trying to get back to it, but do it because it comes up out of your heart because otherwise it'll be works versus reality. Are you with me? All right, so let's move on. Let's go to James chapter one. Y'all stick with me. We had a lot of good things happen today and we're gonna, have a, we're gonna be taking communion together. And so I want you to stay in that place of mind and you don't have to be a member of our church. You just have to be born again, everything right between you and the Lord. James 1, 22. James 1, 22, out of the King James, it says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, watch this, deceiving your own selves. The problem with hearing the word and not doing it is, is you get into self-deception because you think hearing is enough. You think just hearing it is enough, but it's not enough. And the Lord told me one time, the hardest people to help are those that are self-deceived. Hardest people to help are those that are self-deceived. So, well, then, you know what? What's the point of hearing the word? I'll just not hear it. And that way I won't have to worry about it. Well, then you have another problem. Because the Bible says that my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And the Bible tells you to renew your mind so you prove what the perfect, good, perfect, acceptable will of the Lord is. So you don't really have a choice. You do need to hear the word, but you also need to act on the word. We're talking about the just live by faith. One of the things you and I have to do is we have to act on our faith. We have to act on what we hear, but we can't just do it on Sunday. We can't just do it when we have a problem. We're gonna do it on Monday. We're gonna do it on Tuesday. We're gonna do it all the time in every area of our life. Remember last week, last time I preached, we went from going to bed at night to waking up in the morning, right? We got, we got, you know, and then we went all the way and I, I left you hanging, but we're, then we were going to go back to sleep again and then we're going to get up and rinse and repeat. Hallelujah. And I, but that's what you got to do. That's life and everything that comes at it. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Verse 23. For if any man be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is likened unto a man that beholds his natural face in a glass. This is the perfect. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forget what manner of man he was. Verse 25, but who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, continues therein, continues therein, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed. How many of the blessings of God are yes and amen? All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But you got to continue to work, look in the law of liberty and you can't just look at it. You can't just hear it. You got to do it. So everybody confess, I am a doer of the word. Verse 26, here it is again. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue. So you got to watch your words. You got you to do something with your mouth. But then watch this again. Bridles not his tongue, but he deceives his own heart. There it is again. So if you hear and don't do, you deceive your heart. If you hear and don't say, again, you're going to deceive your own heart. So um, we didn't come up with confession. Jesus did. You know, people say, well, you go to that one of those name it and claim it church. Be careful. Well, you know, they need to be careful who they're making fun of. Because Jesus is the high priest of your confession. And if you want him to be the high priest over your tithe and offering, and you want him to sit in his priestly duty uh, as the, you know, who, what he's done for you and watch over that, be careful that you don't let people dissuade you from that. So Jesus is the one that said, 
that you will need your, the words that come out of your mouth. And I don't have time to get into it, but it's really important. So bridle your tongue. You deceive your own heart. This man's religion in vain. Verse 27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And so once again, God does want us to take care of the widows. God does want us to take care of the orphans. It's part of our Christian, uh, our, as a believer, that's our duty. But it's not all that we do. One more thing. Uh, well, a couple things. Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Come on. On Monday, I'm going to do them. On Tuesday, I'm going to do them. So I'm going to hear them. I'm going to do them. I'm not going to wait till a big thing. I'm not going to wait to get back on Sunday. I'm going to do them. And then if I do them, I, God calls you a wise man. God calls you a wise man who built his house upon a rock on a revelation. Verse 25. It says, and the rain descended. Y'all feel like it's been raining for a long time. Floods came. You ever feel overwhelmed? The winds blew, beat upon the house. Come on, lots of, <laughs> lots of wind, lots of shaking. But listen, those who hear the word and do it, it says, it fell not. It fell not. Come on, somebody shout, I'm still standing. Come on, you're still here, right? I'm still here, right? I'm still here, right? I'm still standing. I'm still winning. He always causes me to triumph. Amen. Always. I'm still standing. Why? Because I heard it and I did it. I didn't say I was perfect. Didn't say I did it perfect all the time, but I'm hearing it and I'm doing it. And the Holy Ghost is working with me, right? And so if I keep doing that, when the winds come, when the rains come, when the floods come, what happens? I'm going to be standing because I built my house on a revelation of who Jesus is. Now, verse 26, it says, everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, in other words, same two people, one was a hearer and a doer, one was a hearer only. And he does not do them, he'll be likened unto a foolish man. So the one who does them, God says you're wise. The one who doesn't do them says you're foolish. He built his house on sand. It's all about your foundation. It's all about your foundation. Listen, you can throw $2 million homes up side by side. One of them's built on a good foundation, one of them's built on sand. They got the same quartz, the same crystal, the same gold fixtures, but one of them, no matter how much you spend on it, one of them's gonna stand and one of them's gonna get destroyed. Why? And so spiritually it's likened unto that. It says, and the rains descended, same rain. You know, I know maybe you don't think this way, but I remember I used to think, of, well, because I do the word, uh, less rain than this person. But that's not what it says, same rain, same wind. Same floods, it came and beat on the house and the fall of it was great. Not a little fall, big fall. So what do we gotta do? I, I, and I know, but I want you to live by faith. I don't want you to wait again. And after this is all over, I don't want you to take a big old breath and go, Woo, it's all done. Because we're living in the last days. And I don't know what's next. And I'm not prophesying anything, but Jesus himself said at the end, there's gonna be wars and rumors of wars. There's gonna be famine. There's gonna be earthquakes. I mean, even, you know, you follow the earthquake trend. I mean, there's so many all the time. It's not because there's better equipment. It's because we're living in the last days. But you and I don't have to be afraid because if I build my house on the rock, if I hear it and do it, when that stuff comes, I'll still be standing. 
you'll still be standing. Come on, shout it one more time and smile while you're doing it. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.